Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, my name is Robert Lamb, and this is The Artifact, a short-form series from Stuff to Blow Your Mind, focusing in on particular objects, ideas, and moments in time. When we think about modern physical money, we're generally thinking about something that has very little material use in and of itself. It's not that a common copper nickel-clad copper quarter is actually worth 25 cents, but rather it's accepted as a medium of exchange for that amount and issued by the governing authority. The common U.S. quarter was once made of silver, but the value of the metal now exceeds the value represented by the coin. As pointed out by Brian Fagan and Eleanor Robson in The 70 Great Inventions of the Ancient World, the first coins emerged in the later part of the 7th century BCE in the Kingdom of Lydia, now located in western Turkey. These evolved from the use of silver ingots for trade throughout Mesopotamia and Egypt, certainly examples of the sort of money that humans used at least as far back as the 3rd millennium BCE. But the coins of Lydia differed in that they were marked with the emblem of the issuing body, ensuring consistent quality and weight. In other words, transactions could be carried out without the use of scales. We can summarize a lot of monetary history in terms of this flow from bartered goods to money to coinage. And we can look at early forms of currency as symbols or receipts representing goods stored elsewhere, such as grain. But there are examples that seem to blur the lines between these distinctions. For example, the Mayans and Aztecs used cacao beans in trade, both in bagged form and as a sort of change in the form of loose fermented and dried cacao beans. These are, after all, the raw ingredients responsible for chocolate, a prestigious food in these cultures. Plus, by virtue of their botanical nature, they already boast a highly consistent quality and weight. But cacao beans were not the only form of edible money. Tea also took on this role, particularly in Tibet. And the reason has to do not only with the value placed on tea, but also the use of compressed tea bricks. Tea, particularly Chinese pu'er, is still widely available in compressed bricks, cakes, discs, and even novelty shapes like hearts. But as Wolfgang Birch points out in The Use of Tea Bricks as Currency Among the Tibetans in the Tibet Journal, the Chinese introduced tea to Tibet sometime prior to 780 CE. And while it was at first used as more of a pure bartering commodity, it eventually took a form that we might reasonably refer to as currency. A regimented system of tea bricks based on the tea's quality and pureness and eventually imprinted with trademarks and seals. But of course, this currency was one that you could also brew into a delicious cup of tea. Salt, too, can be added to this discussion as salt bricks have been used as currency in parts of Africa, as well as ancient Rome. In fact, as Shauna Freeman pointed out in How Salt Works for HowStuffWorks.com, the roots of the words soldier and salary can be traced to Latin words related to the giving or receiving of salt. There are times, therefore, when it is perfectly reasonable to put your money where your mouth is. Tune in to additional editions of The Artifact each week, hosted by either Joe or myself. As always, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com.
Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows.